K then, all right then. 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 Mate. Hey, hey, welcome to Good Friday. Good Friday. Right on. Just got my pretty, pretty hair. So pretty. Pretty. We dressed up for you guys today. Mainly because we've been wearing nothing but pajamas and dirty clothes for about four days. Uh huh. I can't even remember when I last changed my undies. Ooh. Before today. Oh, yeah? They all just blended in. I cried for like three days, so it was a bit rough. Ah. Uh. I'm pretty sure I showered. You've just been putting New other pairs on. of underwear over the top of the ones you got on? Yeah, I just wanted more badonkadonk. That's a method. That's Your a method. mum's in bed. Give that a try. I enjoy Oh, we do look very cool, don't we? We do. I'm wearing my little black dress. I did my hair and makeup, but I have a photo yeah. shoot after this. A webinar photo shoot? I've got my I've got my um my Friday Good Friday Mass clothing on. Do people go to church at Fridays on Mass? I've never yeah, been I to church. Do. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know how you go about it. I reckon they do. When yeah. I remember my Omar when I was about I was about eight and I went and stayed with my Omar in um that's better. Omar in Vic. Victoria, oh my Bansdale. god! Oh my god! Rest her soul. Oh my god! Um, she took me oh. out and about in Melbourne this one day, mm-hmm. or not Melbourne, but in Bansdale where she lived. And I remember she was showing me this church mm-hmm. at the front. She's like, "Do you want to go in there?" And I was like, "Nah." Do you know why I didn't want to go in? Why didn't you want to go in? Because I knew I was like, "I'm not going in there because they know that I'm like a messed up kid." Whoa! I'll catch on fire. I actually Whoa. thought that like. You know, you They've can't got- go into churches. They're sacred places where dirty, dirty girls like me don't go. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Dirty girls like you. Dirty girls Tainted like girls. Yeah, well, I was like traumatized and yeah. abused and stuff. Tainted goods. I was tainted, man. You knew too much. Knew. I I did. I'm still learning how to say that word. Knew. You say it wrong. Knew. So, um, yes. Yeah. So, I didn't even go into church. But now I think churches are kind of cool. They're like, I really want to live in a church that's converted into a house. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Remember that hairdresser that it was a church in Ranella? I think it still is. Is it? Maybe it's a vet now. Is it? Or a dog food place? Church vet. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. Guys, are technically in the future. It's Thursday. Oh, Thursday night here at 8.40 p.m. It's not even party time yet, Greg. Good morning to Greg. Special shout out to yeah. Greg. Greg made a contribution towards the podcast, a very generous one mm-hmm. the other day. And uh, if you haven't noticed, the lighting situation is a little different to how it used to be. Uh, we had some lights, um, but we had to we, give but them they were back. On loan. They were on loan. Uh, we're just testing which made, them out. Which did make us fall in love with them. So We fell in love with them. And then they and were, we were like, out. Man, we're never going to be able to get more of those. <laughs> we still love you, Simon. Don't worry. And now we can. Yes. So, yes. Lights, so lights coming. It was very serendipitous, right? Because we got the email saying, look, guys, I'm really sorry. I need the, I need the lights back. And then in the same thing, you realized that Greg had donated some money to the podcast. All and now same we can day. get bloody lights. And so All you ordered same them. same day. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yes. So, yes, we're very, very stoked about that. We feel very profesh when we have lights. Mm-hmm. Even though it takes up a lot of room in our bedroom, our bedroom is literally like, what? I'm pretty sure some people have bathrooms this size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, welcome to the Hey Doomer podcast, which is recorded live and streamed on Facebook Live every Monday and Friday morning at 10 a.m. South Australian time. And then, and then shared out to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, 
YouTube, everywhere you listen to your podcast, you should be able to grab us. And one of our longtime listeners and regulars in our Facebook chat rooms, Brandon, has uh, asked for us to wish his girlfriend, Lindsay, a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Lindsay. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy How birthday. Probably around 27. He was born... Oh, wait. It's different every year, isn't it? But I today, so. she's born the day that Jesus died. I don't think it's different every year, is it? Easter moves to the Friday. That's what I that mean. That seems weird. That's a very socially constructed, man-made idea. Yeah, like having the Queen's birthday on a Monday, even when it's not. Yeah, like yesterday, we were explaining to the kids that days of the week are literally just man-made. Because we like... This feels like a Sunday. Yeah. Just man-made. Yeah, because people are like, well, the days are starting to like blur into each other. And it's like, that's because the whole system that we built around those days meaning something's kind of falling apart. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The work week. What work week? Mm -hmm. I can't even tell Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. And it, it, they used to be more defined when the shops weren't open on Sundays. Remember when the shops weren't open on Sundays? Yeah. I was on the news when Sunday trading came in. Oh, you consumer, you. No, I was on the news. That's what I mean. You were out consuming. No, no. I was on the news because oh. I was one of the people that got um, work because of Sunday trading. So they interviewed me when I was working at Harris Scarves in Marion. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I want to find it. Well, so it what happened, exist anymore, they right? did one of those major like Christmas recruitment drives. Yeah. Um, and I think we've talked about it before how like I'm one of those people back then. I was one of those people, especially if it was a job that meant nothing to me. Um, I was one of those people that absolutely nailed Older? the interview. Yeah. But then would do the job and they'd be like, yeah, it's not what you were like Why in the interview. Why is so red? Why is he being a shithead? No, nah, I wasn't into that yet. Oh, okay. Um, and so they were like, you, you are a, you are a bright spark. You are a, you are a talker. You're a confident guy. You're articulate. We're going to choose you Pikachu. to be on the news to talk about Sunday trading. How and, did that go? Uh, well, then by the time it came around, I'd been working there for a little while. So the fairy dust had worn off. Plus, I'd never really been on television before or really seen myself like in that way before. Yeah. And so I had no idea, like, I had no idea about like the way you come across on TV. Yeah. And I, and I looked so angry. Did I was you? so angry. I was like, yeah, it's really good because um, now because of Sunday trading, I, um, I, I get some extra work and that's good. It means I get to come to work extra hungover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're right. I was that guy that would get to work and then Todd, was his name Todd? Yeah, it was Todd. Todd. Todd, he'd be like, uh, you start at 10, not 10, 15, not five past 10 at 10, not get here at 10, start at work 10. at 10. I'm like, all right. And then all I come right, and then I do the same thing the next day. Yeah. Come half an hour later the Sometimes next day. Sometimes you just got to good things take time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. don't they know? It was always funny when they'd lecture me as well, because especially if it was like kind of like a younger, kind of cool sort of boss or whatever, they'd be like lecturing me, knowing that they actually kind of just like me the way I am. It's annoying yeah, that they have to rely on me. me. Yeah, don't try and force me into being someone I'm not. Yeah. By being on time. But they're just like, they're like, they're telling me off with a smirk on their face because they're like, oh, but I just like you though. <laughs> you know, I don't want to like you. <laughs> G'day, Sam. Sam said, morning, guys. Like everyone, I like everyone, I know in academia, have never, 
I, like everyone in academia, have never been productive enough under any circumstances. Also, what's a schedule? Mm, what is a schedule? Yeah, look, I'm struggling. Like, I'm even, I mean, I'm just not really sure what to do with myself because I don't, I feel like I'm in party mode, like, sometimes. Except for the last three days where I cried a lot. Mm. I spent the last couple of days really, really upset. Um, but I'm feeling much better today. Thanks for asking. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, so it is, it's hard to establish a routine. And I think for a lot of people, people who like, personally, I believe that I have a good c control of my mental health, right? So when this first started, I felt I was going in strong. I'd gone in strong. I was like, no, nah, I got this. I like chaos. Like this is, this is my jam, right? And it's taken me almost four weeks for it to hit me. Mm -hmm. And I think this might be the case for a lot of people who do have a good handle on their mental health when it's, you start to actually realize this is taking an impact because you're trying to hold on. You feel like you're holding on really well when you're doing really well and you're maintaining all the right things, but it actually takes a lot more energy to do so as well as listening to the narratives around you and the news and the Facebook and the all of these. You're getting, uh, you know, you're getting all this new information as well and it makes you consider. And then I thought I had COVID, so then I was taking that on and I'd been thinking about all the different people I'd been in contact with and I just didn't realise all these things take a toll. Mm -hmm. And I think so for a lot of people who do have their mental health under control initially, it can come as quite a shock a few weeks later, and this is not uncommon, a few weeks later when you kind of catch up and it hits you. Mm -hmm. So I think the last few days I had been holding on and holding on and then it just hits you. And I was chatting to another friend yesterday, also from the APS, about a similar thing and he was saying I just it's just really hard to maintain I you know we're not really used to this and you know trying to make the most of it but it's just completely different um because it's just these just the little things you don't notice that kind of get in the way you know yeah for for me it was the not noticing the small residual build-up of uh, guilt and shame. Yeah, yeah. We had a lot of guilt and shame around our kids trying to maintain our work-life balance and, like, you're trying to do your social media and work and music and all that stuff and the podcast stuff, plus then trying to keep the kids entertained without putting them on a screen all the time, right? Mm -hmm. So we were guilting ourselves a lot about how much screen time our kids were having until we watched a video yesterday. Yeah. Um. Why are we so, like, all over how much screen time they have? Science, Where does that come from? Scientists. I don't know. I Do you know what? I think in certain situations, too much screen time for certain people can be, can can probably be detrimental. But I think for a majority of people who are maybe most people it's probably okay if your kids shitting their pants because they don't want to get off the screen probably a problem that's probably a problem but if it's just an if it's a general interest right so mm -hmm. so like sometimes sometimes like well some of the guilt is this idea of like allowing screens to babysit you kids or mm. whatever or you know, like screens are, technology is doing the parenting, you know, like the, the Google babysitter, the YouTube babysitter, the PlayStation babysitter or whatever. And you guilt yourself for that. Um, because their brains will turn to mush. But I've seen in, in times like where kind of just like peripherally observing them on their screens, you know, like they'll get hungry, they'll get up. 
They'll go and make themselves a sandwich. They'll take themselves to the toilet. They'll get a drink. They'll, yeah. you know what I mean? Like they... They're autonomous. A, yeah, they have it under control. And um, so far, as far as I can tell, like I've read peer review studies about about youth and social media and and things like that. And I'm not saying that these things are like 100% harmless and that there's no danger. But I mean, like in a different capacity, last week we were talking about the fact that like you're never going, you're never going to rid danger. You're never going to be rid of risk. You're never going to be able to, um, you're never ever going to be able to remove yourself from a situation where no matter how good things may be for you right now at this moment, there are threats in the perimeter. Mm, That's mm-hmm. always the case. You yeah. know, sometimes things ramp up. Sometimes, sometimes things get more intense. Sometimes there's new threats that come through, like this pandemic. Um, but like that never changes, you know. And so, all of the guilt and shame that I apply to myself about the amount of times my kids, because I get it on both ways. I get guilty if I feel like I am controlling their life too much and mm. inhibiting their decision making abilities like their self-regulation yeah their opportunity to regulate these things for themselves um and then uh it you can't win either side you're either guilty because you think they're letting them do it too much you're guilty because you think you've got too much control and too much influence over that like you're Mm. you're taking away your kids ability to be able to make decisions for themselves you know um and uh, i don't it's not so much that like i think you should just like you know, there's the whole unparenting thing. That's a concept where you just kind of like let them go, you know. Um, and it's kind of like, I don't know. It's the, this might not be a great analogy, but like, like the difference between like standing back and watching your kid walk towards a cliff and just hoping they won't go over it or just kind of like walking by them so that when they do slip, you can grab them. Yeah, no, that's a great analogy. But they might need to slip a little bit, you know, like just, and again, and that almost crossing into the territory of like um, traumatize them on purpose so they learn. It's like, no, 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 it's just like let them experience being in the world with dangers around around them and and boundaries, you know, like kind of like when you go bowling and you get the bumper thingies out and stuff. Like you can put the bumper things out. It doesn't mean they're going to have a good game. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, this doesn't but, mean they're necessarily going to hit them all. Yeah, but their ball's still going to get to the end. That didn't really, I don't really see how. <laughs> yeah, if, if that made more sense to you, then good. Yeah, So and so we, you know, our generation were raised on nothing but screens and the stuff that we were watching was bullshit. <laughs> like mm-hmm. The Bold and the Beautiful, The Young and the Restless, Jerry Springer, Ricky Lake. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up just over, like I was a traumatised kid. And I grew up just fine mm-hmm. and I'm a very intelligent woman and I know I have great morals and values and it, that's got nothing to do with the amount of screen time I was allowed. Mm. Like my parents did not regulate that sort of thing. There was no, that wasn't even a thing back then as far as I was aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying to Sean earlier that without screens, I might not have generated the morals and values that I have today because my family weren't an open discussion family. We mm-hmm. didn't talk about feelings that much that I ever recall. Mm. Like, and these are all for different reasons. My family aren't demons or whatever, but like there's a lot of trauma in there. And um, 
I learned so much from watching movies like Stand By Me. I learned so much by watching Oprah. I learned so much about watching The Bold and the Beautiful, about weird dynamics between weird people and that th- that rape is a thing mm-hmm. and that that's a problem mm-hmm. and um, that, like, you don't cheat on people and you don't betray them. And, like, there's all these, like, morals that I picked up and, like, Lion King and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, all these morals that you pick up from storylines that you don't realise help shape who you are. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously, if you're letting your kids watch horror movies every night and um, thrillers and um, horrible games all the time, then, yeah, maybe that's probably not ideal. Mm-hmm. But for kids who are misguided or don't have that open dialogue in their family dynamic, screen time can actually be a real saviour for them. And I think that, like, in our situation where we're at, we do work from home and we always have. Mm-hmm. And so we watched a video yesterday of this woman who's a teacher and she was saying, like, This is not the time to be guilting yourself for allowing your children to spend eight hours on a screen because this is out of the ordinary, not only for you, but it's out of the ordinary for them. Mm. They will learn things from the screens. They will learn that, you know, mum and dad have to work and this is what we do. They will learn, like, there's things that that you will learn and and you don't have to feel shame and guilt about it. You just let it go because mm-hmm. this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like she was saying, you know, they'll get hungry. They'll go and make themselves food. They'll want you to change a channel. Tell them to change it themselves. Mm. They don't want to watch screens anymore. Mm. Make them keep watching them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a very interesting video. If you're interested, I'll share it in the community after. Well, the fear the fear propels things, you know. So the the, mm. the fear gives you this sense of this this the, the it hits you with this sense of urgency. So I've got yeah. to figure this out now. Yeah. I've got to get it right. There's a limited amount of time. My my child's development is on the line here. Um, and that totally skews your thinking. Yeah. If you're scared, if you're if you're scared about this, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't be either. Like like being afraid or overly concerned about that is like one emotion to put in the mix of that. Yeah. Um and I, it it forces you to think it 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 tricks you and dupes you into thinking that you're choosing between options that don't exist mm. because what you then end up doing is you start so we our, our homes we try to we try to develop our homes as best as we can into kind of our own little like garden of eden you know mm. like these are yeah. this is our safe place where we we define like what is important here and what the values are here and what is safe here and the comforts and the edu- and the education like do we have like we always have to be health- learning and teaching them something yeah you know like is it like what kind of an environment are we building and stuff like that and we were there's and there's nothing wrong with trying to make a good peaceful um yeah. like you know environment that's going to contribute to us as beings or parents or families or children or whatever mm-hmm. um but we need our children as we do also as individuals to have experience so like our garden of eden we're trying to keep the snakes out yeah you know and what do you think is a better skill to mm-hmm. develop a fear of snakes or an ability to handle them yeah yeah that's right and so if you keep all of the snakes out in some capacity you're inhibiting your kids ability to, to learn how them. to handle them because 
one day they're not going to be in your garden anymore and they're mm. going to be out there where all of the snakes are. Yeah. And if they're out there completely ignorant and naive to the mm -hmm. to the characteristics of, of the world, snakes, yeah. then then you're doing them be, a disservice. They're going to be duped, right? Yeah. Also like the other thing that I consider as well is uh, a lot of families are battling with this. Everybody's trying to get this right. Two hours a day, one hour a day, no YouTube, only like, you know, it has to be like Disney Plus only or whatever, you know, like um, um, you're, turn it, you're also trying to turn the internet that they're using into another Garden of Eden with no snakes in it. And the internet is full of snakes and you yeah. need to be able to identify them, but right? But it's, it's about educating your child about which snakes to look for so that they can come and alert you to let you know if there's snakes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other thing that I also go is like, so here's some of the arguments that you get. You get to say things like, yeah. So, so, so I had, no one told me apart from like, you know, if it's dinner time. Yeah, turn the TV off. So like me and my brother, like my, my, my brother, like, was a massive gamer. He played lots of video games, hours on end, etc. He was also an athlete. He also had a really good social life. No one defined or scheduled that for him. He found the balance himself by, you know, and sometimes sometimes you find that balance by being Consumer able to identify with yourself like I regret missing out on that thing because I was doing this too much. Like they mm. need to be able to see that, see that, you know, yeah. like, um, uh, and so, and I, myself in all those times where nobody was really like super, like supervisory over what I was and wasn't doing online and granted online was a new, a very new thing. Um, we talked to so many pedophiles. So many pedophiles. I was speaking to pedophiles all the time. Some of all them, the time, some of them were the parents of my friends. Um, but, uh, in that time, in that time where I was being inundated and programmed by it, uh, was I? Because I learned how to write songs. I learned how to produce music. I learned how to make videos. I learned technology. I w went down rabbit holes based on, like, the, in the internet is, is so much bigger and more nuanced now than it was then. And if back then with all of its limitations mm -hmm. that it had, that I was able to pursue interests and follow rabbit holes that like are intrinsic to the person that I am every day to day. And you know what? I had unlimited use of this stuff and I grew up into a person that's still just as concerned about the usage of my children anyway. It hasn't you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, not changed anything. It's not like it messed me up and now it's going to mess them up. Like, I really don't see it that way. Also this. Also this. So we've got a 15-year-old and he had unregulated screen time from get-go. Uh -huh. uh, he, because I was a single mum, I was 20 when I had him. I raised him using screens a lot. Like we 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 it's a, we used screens all the time. He had DSs, he had his iPads, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. like he mm -hmm. he could watch TV whenever he wanted. He could play Xbox or PlayStation whenever he wanted. Up until about uh 5 years ago mm -hmm. was when Sean and I were like 
did a trip and then we're all of a sudden like gurus and think that our kids are on screens too much and then we're yeah. therefore we're like, all right, let's sell everything. Mm. So we sold the TV and the PlayStation and stuff and the kids were pretty accepting of that. For next to nothing, we literally pretty much gave it away. But Tosh was raised until he was about 12 years old without that, with without those guidelines, right? Mm-hmm. But he is a very well-adjusted, very accepting, nice human being mm-hmm. who said to us literally just before you know like i cuz we don't we we stopped taking his phone out of his room when he was like 13 and we stopped like trying to um put any of that pressure on him um but his cuz when you're other doing family- it you're saying we will be the ones to determine when you are and are not in danger that is not a skill we want for you yeah and so now he's kind of actually learnt like Oh, people are just annoying. They're messaging me. I'm trying to sleep. Mm. Like he gets annoyed. He's mm. like, he turn, he puts his phone down and like he goes to bed. Mm-hmm. He goes to bed like eight o'clock sometimes because mm-hmm. he's so tired. Mm-hmm. But like the the this is something that he had to figure out on his own. And I'm glad that we let him figure that out on his own. Mm. Um, and he's fine. I also feel like this is a conversation that people. This is a, a never ending negotiation and point of tension between parents and their children on a daily or ongoing basis specifically for those that are like we have been like we've we've been battling this out like for years for for years about trying to define like what is the right increment and trying to get them to understand why that's the correct increment and stuff and all that does as far as i can tell is because you gotta like i was i was sort of saying before like you got to think about, like, what am I actually choosing between? Am I choosing between the actual options in front of me based on the actual world that I live in? Or am I choosing between the world I think we should live in? And we'll be living in the future, which the won't one, be this one. The one that we're actually in. Because, yeah, another argument I guess you could say is, like, well, it's different than, like, the internet now and the exposure and the the programming and the psychological manipulation of these apps and all of these things, like, the danger, 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 danger. Um, the concern over the technology is exactly the same. The little defining Mm. things about like, well, we're concerned about YouTube or we're concerned about like um, posting anxiety or all of these things or like the social uh, side of blah, blah, blah and all this sort of stuff. Passive use. And it's like, okay, yeah. So congratulations, you've pointed out different snakes. Snakes are in the world. We know this, right? You need to look for them, yeah. Um, But uh, you can't live in fear of snakes. No. You never get shit done. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. so then the other argument as well is like, so we've also experienced the whole thing of like um, when you get them off the screen, then you have this like reaction and it's a really negative reaction, yeah. right? And then I step back and you go, wow, screen plus time to get off screen equals meltdown. Uh, and maybe that isn't the full equation. Maybe the equation is, is they're young people. They have a totally different concept of time. Sometimes they, like, they're, per- per- like, perceptively, <laughs> they can't tell the difference between yesterday morning and, Last like, night. and this morning, you yeah. know? Like, some of their time and their days blur into each other. Especially during this time. Wisdom comes with time. The wisdom of there is tomorrow takes a long time. And especially if you're constantly in this push and pull negotiation battle with your children about screen time, then are we not developing anxiety in them about that limitation? And so is it is it really screen plus time to get off equals meltdown or is it 
screen with a constant conversation about like that's enough and you've had enough and this is enough time and blah 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 and you're only going to get a little mm. bit of time tomorrow and stuff and like they'd have a different concept of time so is the meltdown more so the fact that because but time i just got is, on here when, when you're yeah. younger time is slower waiting takes longer and yes we should be encouraging and trying to develop healthy healthy patterns healthy patterns and the development of patience and composure within our children and stuff like that but if you're seeing a desperate response and now again not everybody's the same uh and some people are different some people uh and that's totally going to be up to you to determine i'm not telling you that i know your kids better than Mm. you do i don't and you don't know mine um like some 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 experiences or substances are just a particular cocktail for that particular person and you do get the extremes Mm. right but we are maybe painting the general with the extremes um and then and then trying to act according to that um and it can just be totally overzealous. So when they're having that meltdown, are they having that meltdown because they're having a reaction to the thing that they've been on? Or they're having a meltdown because they're so fucking confused about when they can and can't go on this thing that when you tell them to get off, they might as well be the last time they ever get to use it yeah. as far as they're concerned. Yeah, because that's how it feels for them. they know that man, I've been on this, it's been great. While I've been on this, I haven't been able to think or haven't had to worry about, like, when are mum and dad going to allow this? What are they going to allow? How yeah. long are they going to allow it? It's just it? Like, like you're shutting it off for them and they're like, what? Yeah, and and we're coming down on them about, like, yes, but you've got to see the broader picture and stuff. And it's like they don't, they don't live care. in a broad world yet. Yeah, they don't have the the cognitive, cognitive processes to even think about that. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you say, okay, yes, but it was different when we were younger. The way they use it and the things that they're using are different now. Our culture is different. But here's one <laughs> thing that when I look back and I go, here's a thing that's never changed. Mm. Um, a generation looking at the generation coming after it and going, Man, there's really something wrong with the way they're doing that. Like yeah. I don't I don't understand that. I fear that. There's danger in that. I can see how that's all going to go wrong. I say that now and I'm only 35. When has like cuz that's uh, when has that ever not been the case? When Never. has it ever not been the case that the that the, Prior that the generation, other generations yeah. going man man this next generation fuck. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I'm not that old mm-hmm. and our, and I'm quite a clo- in close age to my eldest son. But I still don't understand some of their culture. I'm like, what? I don't get TikTok. I don't understand. I don't get TikTok. I can't do TikToks because I don't understand it. And what do we do to things we don't understand? We repel them. We fear them. Yeah. You know? So, like, I'm literally, I, I, have, a, I have a bad reaction in, internally. I have an emotional reaction to my kids <laughs> use it. Like, my young ones don't use it. But I have an emotional reaction when um, our oldest was starting to use TikTok because I was like, man, it's like such short form video, their attention span, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand it. I'm terrified now. Yeah, your mum just said. Sorry, I will read all the other comments. We're going to have a comment break at 11 just because it it breaks up the conversation too much. But I'm going to go through them all and we're going to discuss the points on them at about 11. Uh Um, But your mum's like, aren't you promoting screens by doing process? That's right. Exactly. This is like I I have felt. In the last few times that we've done podcasts, felt super connected to the audience of the people of in, in the people in the audience, because I'm not getting that connection anywhere else. This is providing me with a connection that I wouldn't be getting otherwise, As and a- I genuinely am feeling better afterwards because I'm like I don't feel so alone right now. As an adult, yep, one hundred percent. As an adult, 
every defining moment of my life has been because of the internet, because be... of the utilization of the internet. And look, one of our kids isn't supposed to be on the screen since she's jumping on the trampoline. Exactly. We told her like yesterday I was watching that video and I was like, you guys need to shut up and let me listen to this because it's in your best interests. <laughs> so they sat there and waited for me to finish. And then I was like, yeah, it's just about being calm, mum. We just need to like know our boundaries. We need to be relaxed. It's important that everyone just gets along. And I was like, oh, back up, mate. <laughs> He's all for it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so we give our kids endless screen time the last day and a half. And, look, two of them are out on the trampoline right now. Look, Leto's never going to get off that screen in even there the, unless we make him. But Even the teenager has yeah. come out of his room right now to play on the trampoline with, with the child, sister. even though the, all three of them know that um, we are trialling, you know, we are trialling unregulated use of screens. Like, but, And do you know what? Like, we still sit together as a family and eat a meal. Do, yeah. So did I when I was the, when I was a kid. When when me and my brother and my sister had unregulated use of, of screens, you yeah. know? Like. Yep. Uh, I learned that sexual abuse was wrong on an episode of Oprah. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, that was the moment. That, that was that the moment that it clicked for me. Like, without Oprah, I might have not ever really accepted at the age of 13 or 14, whatever it was, that, oh, something bad happened to me and I really do, this is something that I need to process and it kicked off from there. Mm. And that's when, like, you learn things, Mm. you do. It's hard as well because we want to pass on our wisdom as well. You know, you want to pass on, you you feel like you might be able to do your children a service if if you can teach them from your own errors, you know, like, hey, kid, don't do this and don't do that because I know from experience that these are the things that are going to, that are going to happen mm. and it's just not enough sometimes it's, not. it's, it's just not. not enough sometimes it's not and in fact even adults learn that so when you're like if we've spent a whole morning on screens or something because we're promoting the podcast then we're replying like adults have like i get a lot of face i spend most of my screen time because i've got the thing on my phone messaging most of my time is spent communicating and messaging when i'm spending time on my phone sometimes i'm scrolling if i'm really sad i'll Mm -hmm. be just a scroller Mm -hmm. but generally i'm replying to friends and Mm -hmm. family and asking people how they're going and stuff but i know when that's too much because i can feel it Mm -hmm. so then i back away Mm -hmm. so you like yesterday i felt like i'd been to do it too much the same thing's going to happen when they grow up Mm -hmm. like they're going to go you know what I don't really enjoy this right now because uh, I understand that screens are taking away from my kid or my job or my mm-hmm. hobby or whatever. And if they don't get that under control, it's going to become a problem that they mm-hmm. have to work out themselves. Well, we're worried about addiction, you know, like and, and, and human beings literally can become addicted to anything. You can become addicted to eating drywall. You can become addicted to things that aren't Drink even... Drink and bleach. In, you know, like we, we worry about things that have been intentionally engineered to be addictive, mm-hmm. yet... Things that are just everyday objects like become unhealthy addictive. patterns. Uh-huh. Like patterns are addictive. Mm-hmm. Like you, you get addicted to the idea of waking up and doing the same thing every day. Yeah. Like well, even of, if it's bad for you. One of the one of the reasons why an, an addictive cycle can be so so hard to break is because one of the biggest propellants of that type of thing is 
shame. And when we are constantly berating our children about how and when they use screens, we are applying shame to something. Like even even if you like you get one hour a day and that's one hour a day and you you enjoy the hell out of that. Well, there's shame mm. attached to that now. Yeah, because if you want more, how if you want more and your parents won't allow it, how are you supposed to feel about it? Hey. Like say say yeah, so you, yeah. you're telling your kids you're like you can't have screen time because of this this and this and then mm. they feel like you you kick them off after two hours or whatever because mm-hmm. that's what we were doing two hours, um, and you kick them off but they're like but I want more screen time and then you're like no you're not having more screen time don't you dare ask me again like mm-hmm. that's what I was saying to them stop asking me for more screen time I'm sick of hearing it so then I'm instilling this like feeling of like I'm not supposed to have this I'm not supposed to want this. Mm. into them because they're like because it makes mum upset and then they feel shame for asking in the first place and then they feel guilty and so we're in 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 we're, pro, we're we're handing our fear and our anxiety and our um our own shame and guilt over to them you can't go on that because it makes me feel better you can't do that because it makes me feel like a better parent fuck off mm-hmm. i'm a sick parent what are you doing on your phone, Mum? I'm doing important grown-up things. I'm uh, I'm allowed to write uh, to my friend. It's important. It's different from It's me. important that I thank my neighbour for putting my bins out. Mm. Thanks, Angela. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like like you have to. It's in and it's hard. This is in itself. This is talking about shame because I'm sure there's parents that are watching right now who are very strict on their screen time, or there's some parents out there who are not. And your kid is your kid, and we're not telling you what you should or should not be doing. This is just what we're doing. These are just some things that we're, we're considering. just exploring and if this turns out to be Shit. wrong well we're only going to find out by allowing it to happen long enough to be able and this isn't permanent you know they're not going to be home with us for the next like this time that this time that we're in right now is exceptional how mm-hmm. like this has never happened in my entire life i've never had to in years have my kids home forced like i've never and like well it's by choice and i hadn't been sending them to school by choice but for their safety and for my safety and my family's safety um this is an exceptional time Mm. like stop guilting yourself because you're not motivated to Mm. do shit enough no one's motivated because we're living in this really unprecedented time where people are dying people are really sick and it's just it is it's and even if you think it's not getting to you like it in my case it might be in some other way so just lighten up on yourself a little bit don't try and be motivated just try and make life as easy for yourself as possible during this time and that doesn't mean drink heaps of wine and do all the drugs mm. and be a negligent parent it means take it easy on yourself and your kids because this is this might be the only time you get to spend in a pandemic <laughs> Like, yeah. how many more pandemics might we have in our time? Also, like, I sh- shouldn't have to say it, but yeah. I will. Being concerned about this stuff doesn't make you dumb. You know, you're, like, you're not an idiot for, for worrying about these things. There are, there are there are genuine, genuine reasons. things about this to consider and be concerned about, you know. Um, but how helpful is it to make them desperate? Yeah, yeah. To increase their desperation, to like, it's the, this is their generation. They like in this technological age of information, each generation is defining how, where, and when, and what we use this stuff for. Mm-hmm. Like and right it's now, kind of none of our business what, to a degree, anyone? and we're not. Guess what? When we're just not going to get some of it, we're mm. not going to get it. Yeah, we're not. We're so old now. <laughs> you guys are old. 
we're old. Mm-hmm. Look, everybody's old. Yeah, so just lay off. Mm-hmm. Like, stop guilting yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel, especially if you're in, like, a lot of Facebook groups where they're talking about looking after your kids' screen time and their health and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of information out there about what you should be doing, what schedules you should be on. And that's where I feel a lot of the pressure isn't from myself. It's from, because for well, me, just I'd some... be happy to let them go. Yeah. This is all from the external. Do you know where Inside, that all comes from? The perceptual parent inside of us going like, so it's a babushka doll of guilt and desperation. We apply our guilt and desperation to our kids about the screen time. Then we apply guilt and desperation to ourselves from the information that we go and get sources from to go and try Which and might not be right anyway. <laughs> when we use this stuff. And we're talking about things that are developing at a rate that, that, that um, evolve at such a fast rate that half of this stuff that we're concerned about hasn't even existed long enough for us to really have a genuine fucking idea about what it's actually doing anyway. And you know what? A bunch of the concern, like these concerns were there before. They were there. When I was growing up as a kid, I started playing an online game. Uh, My parents were concerned because they'd heard about uh, a Dungeons and Dragons related suicide or a homicide or something that happened, blah, blah. Um, you know, like it's, it's not a new thing. And, and you know what? Um, some things are going to go wrong. It is going to hurt some people. Do you know what a good trick to this is? Providing a safe and stable environment for your children. How do you do that? Oh, it's just real easy, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just like this. Cool. You got a fact sheet for that? Nah. Nah. There's heaps of information on the internet. Nah. (laughs) Just feed them. Let them play. Yeah. If they want to wear their jammies today, Mm. let them. Because they look cute when they wear their jammies. Mm. Well, that's the other thing as well is like (laughs) if you're going to have strict, rigid rules about not just screen time, but whether, whether it be food or, or, or hygiene or any of that stuff. If you're not going to do it, you can't ask them to. Yeah, lead by example, man. You can't. You kind of can't. They're not, it makes you a hypocrite. They're not listening to you. They're just watching you. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they're like, I don't, I don't know where they get that from. Mm-hmm. No, they're just watching you. And when you're a kid, what do you want to do more than anything? Be your mum and dad. Be older. Yeah. And what are all the older people doing? Whatever the fuck they want. When they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always feel like a hypocrite when I'm on my phone mm. or I'm on my laptop mm-hmm. and the kids are like, oh, I'm not on the screen. And and if if you're able to adhere to the same strict sort of like screen technological What's routine that you expect for your kids to, then you are a legend. Yeah, if you can do that, mm. that's magnificent. Mm-hmm. Oh, yay, Brent made it back. Good what job, up? man. Yes. So just going to tread lightly. We'll report back on Monday to see how that's going. Mm-hmm. So... You know, we're just going to lay off the kids for a little bit because it's been real hard. It's hard for everyone. You know, this is, it's just a weirdo time. Mm-hmm. Shall I read some comments? Hit them up. There's a couple. You guys are just going nuts in here. Let's see. Oh, hang on. Alta, Hoey. It's my cousin. Uh, why Alta? Um, and why Hoey? Routine is a huge part of maintaining mental health. If I wasn't busy with my music, I'd be flipping my wig for sure. Mm-hmm. Yes, you would. I totally understand. His Snoop Dogg accent intensified when he said that. We're looking forward to hearing your album, actually, because we quite enjoy your rippity raps. Mm. Who? <laughs> really? Tom. Oh. My cousin Tom. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, Leslie said be- about screen time because they can get too absorbed into it and they can cause negative behaviours when you try to redirect. Yes, and some kids are more susceptible to that than others. Um, Leto, for example, is highly, highly into screen time. It is his – he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't – like sometimes we do have to tell him to eat and drink. But that's not screens. That's him. Yeah, that's him. He is – he he hones in. If If you take he- the screen away, he puts a book there. And then you're trying to talk to him and yeah, he's right. just not hearing you because there's the book. And then when the book's gone, he's just honed thinking. in on whatever he's thinking about. And you're trying to talk to him and he's in what he's thinking so about. That's so true. You know? I so, hadn't thought of that. So we're applying, we're, we're going, that's because of the screens. And it's like you take the screens away and you still have the same dynamic yeah, with the person. It's, true. it's like, no, it's, that's him. When we go into, um, like you, t- you can try and talk to Leto on screens and you have to literally get in his way. You have to block the screen. You can do this. And he won't answer you. Mm. Like, you'll do that. But you take the screen away and go and put him into bed. Like, obviously, not right after each other. But he goes to bed, right? And he loves to read at nighttime. He's a great reader. He's reading novels. He's reading comics. Um, And he's a lovey-dovey kid. But you go in there and you can kiss him goodnight. He won't even know that you've been in there. You'll be, like, talking to him, like, waving in front of his face. Nothing. Mm. Like, you won't get nothing. Here's the thing, though. If you do actually break through... And you go to him, what did I just say? He's listening. He 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 knows exactly what you Yeah, he just said. doesn't care. It's going in. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like, just got I'm busy. he's just got you on hold. Yeah. So Leto yeah. Leto you know, some kids do get more fixated mm. on things and Leto is our fixation kid. He does um really love it. Yeah. Um whereas the other two uh, oh look, they're all on the screen. What they're all on the trampoline. Even Three the, of them. even the screen obsessed one. Oh my god because they had Easter eggs for breakfast. <laughs> oh, my God, they're so cute. They're all jumping out there on their mm. excreet. And we let, we let, oh, you see, proven mm. a point right mm-hmm. away. But that makes so, me so happy. So, so I think sometimes, like, again, like, because we, we, like, we've re- reiterated a few times, we don't know your children, right? You don't know our children. And it's less, well, there's two sides to it. And I think we usually end up only falling on one. We are making decisions based on our fears of the thing that they're using, but not considering who they are as a person. Mm. And I think you've got to be more clued into not what they're using, but who they are. (laughs) What are they Mm. like? Yeah, what is that child like? How? Yeah. What is your tactic? So the best way to get our letter off screens is to offer food. If he's hungry, you know he hasn't had any lunch yet and you're trying to get him off screens to have food, have a cookie ready. Like I can I, – yesterday I had a cookie and I was like – and we don't normally do That's cookies. just candy flipping though. You're getting the yeah. – the, you're swapping the screen high for a glucose high. Yeah. So I literally went and stood in front of him. I was like, Leto, I've got a cookie and I had to say it a few times. And then he saw the cookie and then I – Weaned him away from the screen because it was plugged in. Mm-hmm. Weaned him away from the screen to the kitchen table with a cookie. Mm-hmm. And then he was fine and then he went out and played on the trampoline. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just got to find what gets them going. And for some kids it can be something as little as a bloody cookie. It's provocative. Angela said, gets your cousin Angie, going. for me it's not a, about considering what they're watching on screens and it, it's not just about considering what they're watching on screens and the length of time. It's about the posture they're in, holding a device in their lap with their chin to the chest, rounded shoulders. This mm. is a prime culprit for ongoing problems, which takes a huge amount of time to correct. Yep. Pilates instructor over here. Mm-hmm. And I worry about the eyesight damage with prolonged use day in and a day out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And those are all very, like, important things to consider because... If- how many... But, again, how many people work in call centres? Yeah, yeah. 
That's right. Know? How many people have made compo claims because their OH&S department wasn't making sure people were using, using posture-appropriate posture, chairs or, yeah. you know, yeah. um, having the screen at the correct height and stuff? So, like, that's a problem for society. That mm-hmm. is a society-based problem. And that is something that we should all be concerned I got, about. I've got terrible posture. I sit at the kitchen table like this all the time mm. and, you know, whatevs. Um, Brandon said I learned to write early because he's – because of his speech, he has a speech impediment, so he learned to write early. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure where that was in context too, but that's still interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. My Auntie Kate's in here. Do, 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 do. Uh, just think about all this technology and how we'd be coping in this situation. We'd be so much more isolated. Strange Addiction is the best TV show. Mm-hmm. It really is. really makes you grateful, doesn't it? <laughs> Not to steal a line from the Beatles, says Brent, but just let them be. Hi, Rita. Hi, Sam. Leslie says, for sure, every child is different. All three of mine react differently to screens coming off. I definitely use screen as rewards here. Yeah, and you can. Use what you can for rewards, Mm -hmm. you know. As long as it's not meth, you're all right. Yeah. So So I think what we are running, what we are coming to the realization of is that um, there is no general instruction there is no blanket rule you cannot make a rule that is going to be suitable for everyone Mm -hmm. and it you're gonna have to um analyze this treating people fairly doesn't mean treating them all the same who told you that my dad yeah that was Mm -hmm. one of the best pieces of advice that i reckon you've ever been given for parenting the kids yeah because even like i still think of that you know Mm -hmm. like all three of our kids are so different Mm mm-hmm and they're not like you can't treat one the same as the other when they're melting down mm-hmm. because you can't treat me the same way as you like we you and I treat each other have to treat each other differently depending on how we're feeling yeah you know like mm-hmm. you, same thing goes for them mm-hmm. that's the parenting section done because well, I think that also <laughs> that is too much of an opportunity for other shame to set in because some of your if you have if you have a cup, if you have a couple or a number of children, some of those as they there is sibling rivalry, and some things are going to come easier to some of them than others, you mm-hmm. know. And like that's just who they are fundamentally. And should one of your kids feel shame about their um, level of focus or um, desire for Something sugar or a screen or whatever, more than the like, others, just because for whatever reason one of your other kids is able to get a grasp on that faster, that that you reward that one over the other one, like that's they're not the same people. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't do that in, or would you? People probably do do that in real life. What do you mean? In like adult lives. Absolutely. That's what they do in mainstream school, right? Yeah. Got to treat them all the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, just because that one likes to wear matching socks doesn't mean that one does. Mm-hmm. Pain in the asses. Yeah. I mean, when I yell, this kid does all of his work, but then this other one cowers in the corner and doesn't want to come back. But, you know, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can make them all work the same. Mm. Little soldiers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So the quest, the big question is, is... Um, when I, what I'm going to be questioning myself, I think I would like to try and remind myself to come from a place of, to go with the earlier analogy is, is the way I'm negotiating with my child right now or whatever belief or value I'm trying to instill in them, is it coming from a place of trying to enable them to learn how to handle the snakes of the world? Or am I trying to force them into a world where snakes don't exist and 
do I really want to do that? Yeah, yeah. And a very simple example of that, um, that it, it passes from the parent to the child is I have a fear of spiders. My kid, One of my kids didn't have a fear of spiders before and now she does mm-hmm. because of my response to spiders in the first. I can't help myself. <coughs> my mum's the same, mm-hmm. all right? She's the same. She did this to me. Mm-hmm. It's her fault, mm-hmm. you know? So, like, even the tiniest things, we pass through to our children. We pass through, like, the simplest fears that we have. So don't forget that we're also passing the big, dark fears that we also have down to them as well. The big, dark fears. Big, dark fears. What are you picking up the chocolate for? Because I want some. People don't want to hear you chewing chocolate. Yes, they do. No, you are an annoying Makes chewer. jealous. You're such a bad chewer if he eats. It's because my jaw clicks. She's being jaw racist. Ma'am, jaw racist. Oh, my whole family's here. Do you want a bit? Nah. Nah. I had enough chocolate. Fine. Don't want none of your chocolate. Sup. Sup. So. Listen to my jaw. Can you hear it cracking? It's making me upset, actually. Mm -hmm. It's making me upset. I just want to chew in the microphone. Yeah, don't chew in the microphone. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. We are in a time where we can probably just take it easy on ourselves and our children. One of them's wearing a school uniform. (laughs) Cute. Must be recess time. <laughs> Must be recess. Yeah. They both look like they're wearing school uniform. Mm. Well, that's cute. Maybe I just haven't done the washing. I don't know. I haven't stepped in there for a while. It's been really messed up. Shouldn't probably do that. What have you passed on to Sean? That's what your mum wants to know. What has what fears has your mum and dad given you? A fear of the way my body looks. Ah. That's the one. Yeah. Now she's gotten sorted and you're like, damn it, mum. Mm-hmm. But you are getting better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm terrified of money and I'm terrified about the way I look. Yes. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't blame you guys for that, but we definitely share that one. <laughs> you do. Mm-hmm. And worry. Mm-hmm. Dad gave that to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, dad was uh, Stop. like a risk Stop analyst. Stop doing this. Mm. It's upsetting dad's everybody. Pro- dad's profession was assessing risk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, your mum said, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. What do you think my mum gave think, me? I think those are some pretty common fears oh, that they we are. pass on. So. They are. They really are. They, you know, what do you think my mum passed on to me? I don't really have as many fears and things. Some sexiness. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My sexiness. Mm-hmm. Do you hear that, Mum? Um, you're a bit intimidating. Yeah, my mum's intimidating. Your mum's a bit intimidating. Yeah, but these aren't really like fears. These are things that serve me well. Mm. My sexiness intimidation is pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, works well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> serves me. <laughs> I'm not actually intimidating at all. I'm but very you, abrupt. Do you know what? <laughs> the biggest thing. The biggest thing that my parents passed on to me, regardless of whatever fears or insecurities what this one is. or whatever I have, mm-hmm. the biggest thing that they passed on to me was the freedom to follow my own lead. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I think your parents passed they gave on to me you? freedom. Your parents provided you a... Um, a basis of healthy relationship. I don't really know much about the relationship in the early days or anything, but you're you're very like 
like love you're very much into love and affection and your parents are lovey and affectionate and they've always have been with me and I think that that's one of the things that they gave to you was like this steady relationship um you know like basis mm-hmm. you know you watched your parents be together for a long time and it often does work that way when our parents divorce it's highly likely that we too divorce so we might divorce there's 50 50 chance mm-hmm. you never know mm-hmm yeah well all of the they got weird weird real quick yeah i know i'm sorry myself and both of my siblings all left our house and married our for lack of a better description our soulmates we married we 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 all left our house whatever like you know we all have our issues my brother and my sister have their own shit going on who doesn't but one of the things that was very easy, and that doesn't mean that it is easy, but one of the things that was very easy was the fact that we all very quickly left the nest and got into meaningful, long-lasting, what I only imagine will be long-term or the long-haul relationships. At least until you're 74 or something, I think you die. I'm 80-something, <laughs> you're 74. Could be sooner now. Yeah. Um. One thing I wanted to talk about was Sean thinks that I'm a reptile person. Ah, yeah. Have you guys... What was that documentary called? Um, It was about David Icke. No, it wasn't about David Icke. <laughs> David Icke, Icke it was, in it. It was about the, the secret society of interdimensional Reptilian beings. Reptilians, the reptilian beings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So we watched this documentary. There's a whole group of people out there mm-hmm. that believe that hiding among us are reptilian people who have made deals with our world leaders in order to be able to control dumb groups of masses of people um and this documentary (laughs) was about that Mm -hmm. and it was like fascinating so watching it i was (laughs) so watching it i was like what the hell is and it was a poorly done documentary as well and i'm like what what on earth then i realized that that's what I sound like when I talk about my DMT trips yeah. and all of my psychedelic experiences and then I could no longer mock them anymore because mm-hmm. I realised I sound batshit crazy just like them because mm-hmm. I've talked about meeting entities and seeing them there and then welcoming me home and, and me feeling like I am one of them and integrating into their little land and popping my head in and having a look around like it's reality. Mm-hmm. That's me. I am a lizard person. Yeah. But then you were pretty convinced that I am a lizard person. And now he well, you're very me the influential, lizzie. you know. You have this. He said you have he doesn't creepy, trust me. You have a creepy air of knowledge about you. You know things you've got no business knowing half the time. You're very influential. You're always one step ahead of me. And I'm like, which thoughts are mine? <laughs> What's going on here? Mm-hmm. There was also one acid trip experience that you and I had together where you had reptilian eyes when you blinked at I me. really hope I am a reptile person. Yeah. And I, could you be a reptile person and not know it? Like I've always had this like feeling that I was connected to something. Mm-hmm. Apparently reptilian people believe in like a lot of strange things and a lot of them are the things that I believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can you be a reptilian and not know it? Like I have a, I feel like I'm connected to something, but I don't think it's reptiles. <laughs> Well, there was a bit of a connection to the indigo child kind of 
concept. Oh, yeah, that was a weird one too. Well, the reptilian thing kind of connected to that because they were like, if you, if you like had like a really expansive imagination as a young person and you you had like imaginary friends or visitors that, that would sometimes present themselves to you like as extraterrestrials mm-hmm. or whatever. Like Tosh did. Yeah. <laughs> like um, they connect the greys to it, like the grey aliens, the one with the big black eyes and stuff. Apparently they work for the reptiles. Oh, They're not aliens they're interdimensional beings meaning that they exist and in 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 inhabit the same space as us but, but on another dimension another plane of this dimension it fascinates me the other thing is is like i've believed weirder shit than that i also uh when i was um doing my advanced diploma i had to write an essay on david ike um the essay was meant to be uh, we were told to find a public figure or a celebrity that had some sort of public psychiatric meltdown. So mm-hmm, I chose mm-hmm. David Icke. Um, those who don't know about much about David Icke, give it a quick Wikipedia. But the cliff note is basically, I think he was a professional footballer, soccer player, become professional football commentator. Mm-hmm. And then... At some point, he came out, did this interview, was wearing, um, like, teal blue. What's another word for that? Another word Aqua? for that colour? Like an aquary colour? Yeah. Uh, or is it indigo? Indigo is purpley. Indigo is purple. Oh, he was wearing purple. Sorry. Indigo. Uh, and he comes out and they're, and they're asking him about the colour of the clothes he's wearing. And he's talking about, like, the power of the colours that he's wearing, that he is the godhead. Um, and that he is receiving messages from other dimensions about uh, our environmental safety, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. If, and everyone obviously just went, holy shit, what the fuck yeah. happened to this guy? He right? also looks a bit like a lizard. He does look a lizard. The funny thing was about all, all the people in this documentary. They all look like lizards. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh uh, Alice was asking. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. I ordered something. I ordered those lights. We'll look at it up. We'll look it up and put it in the community and let yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. it is. It's we'll fascinating. We'll post a link for you. Uh, and if we don't, please remind us. Um, yeah, I got a free uh, one-month trial of Amazon Prime because I bought those lights. Thank you, Greg. Um, <laughs> uh, and so we're kicking around on there. Yeah. And I think, what was it called? I cannot remember, but um, Tom's actually talking about one of my favourite rappers was identified as an indigo. We watched Device documentary about mm. indigo children after that documentary and mm. the rappers that you're probably talking about were actually on featured that on that because yeah. it's all about being indigo and all the people who are indigo children all come. Mm-hmm. Essentially everyone's an indigo child though. Well, <laughs> uh, so there's a bunch of – it tends to be people that will get – diagnosed as ADD and Asperger's yeah or Asperger's then, then the, their parents will be like no I'm not medicating them they're actually an indigo child they're here to shape our reality and our culture and they and, know things yeah and they know things yeah uh sometimes in sometimes it looks like it's a recipe for building little narcissists other sure times does. it's a, it, it it kind of works out fine. Depending on the parent, I think. Yeah. When, <laughs> it, well, when you're coming at a, at an angle of like every single behavior you have, whether it's positive or negative, is because you're a chosen star child chosen from another one. dimension. Probably is like... Yeah, flatbush zombies. Like like, like the, the next Hitler will be a, um inappropriately raised indigo child. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're always all like... Yeah, indigo children. I'm an indigo child. Mm. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know things. Yeah. But, yeah, I like David Icke. 
you know. It was interesting. And look, the guy who was the guy who there was a guy in it who was just so calm, talking about his experiences. The Aussie guy. The no, the other guy with the brown hair. The one that got the calm kept guy. getting attacked kept by getting them. attacked by these like, lizard this people. This one punched me in the face, and that one. No, not that guy. The other yeah. one, the one with the longish hair, and he looked like he was sitting in a bar. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but like his his conversation is so calm, and he's just so relaxed about it, and like non. Move your microphone away because your makes me mad. But yeah, lizard people, it's cray. Like, I I I'd be happy to for someone to give me some like hardcore evidence, and I don't know how you could convince me more. You know. I'm trying. I do carry tarot cards and I think that I'm a very spiritual person. Yeah, I still struggle. Like I've got this cognitive dissonance between like, but lizards. Mm -hmm. Because there's also cat ones and there's also um, cats, lizards. Cats, lizards. There's another creature. What is the other one? Cats, lizards. I saw a picture of it just the other day actually. It's probably like a (laughs) mammoth or something. Birds? Birds. Bird people, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and you know, if you think about it from like like a spiritually conscious place, we all do come from somewhere, and we all do come from different areas, and we do all have different mm-hmm. interests and blah blah blah, and connect with certain things more than others, and blah blah blah. You know, like your DMT experience was so different to mine, as are a lot of other different people's. I went to a place where there was entities welcoming me home and made me feel like I was going back to where I came from. Mm. Your experience was very different to that, and that makes me go, well, maybe that's because maybe I just come from there and that's just where it is, and I would totally believe that, but you put lizard people in front of me and I'm like, you're a bit weird. Mine was more like, mine wasn't, I mean, it was inherently spiritual, but mine wasn't really spiritual. Mine was more so like... I went to I went to a place where all physics and everything that I I went to a number of places but one of the ones that sticked out stuck out the most was this place where like it was completely alien to me and it was much more of like an extraterrestrial kind of vibe but like extra dimensional kind of mm-hmm. like al- alternate dimension sort of thing but I was more so like if if there was a factory or a power plant where a bunch of beings went to and worked and, um, like, uh, it was almost like where they controlled the grid mm, of what? reality, the power grid of reality. It's still gone. It's still gone. Yeah. The power grid of reality. Like, I went to I went to the power plant. What about the blue that guy? That our reality comes from. That was on an acid trip. Oh, all right. Mm. Yeah, right. I think that was ancestral. That's interesting. Yeah. See? See, and then we go start talking about this shit and then we're like, how can we say that lizard people aren't real? Yeah, but you know what? You like, see some people in the world and you're like, Some something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's not right. Something's not, not right about you. Maybe we, they're lizard people. We live in a world where we have scientists and, um, like, mathematician experts that reckon they've got a pretty good idea of what black holes do, you know, and there's... Black, we, we're we're happy to accept that there is a like pin, like smaller than a pin-sized hole, mm. sucking planets and stars into it. And yeah. then when they get when they go through, we're like, well, I don't know what it does. Um, and we're happy to accept that. But there's all this other stuff that we're like, no. I know. 
No. Like, we went out and sat outside and looked at the moon last night and it's like, how could, how is it there? Mm-hmm. And look at those stars and what's out there. There's so, like, um, that book that Leto has, it's a space book and it shows you, like, the planet in the Milky Way and then it shows, like, the the planet, the milk, the galaxy that the Milky Way sits in and then it shows you even further out from that. It shows you from far out from that. And it's like we're literally like this universe here and there's all these other ones mm-hmm. around it. And then you're like, why would I ever assume that there's no one else here but us? Because there's all these other galaxies. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Makes my head hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's getting all fired up. <laughs> Tom loves this shit. Yeah. Uh, conspiracy that Bill Hicks faked his death and went to through surgery and became Alex Jones. That is a good one. Uh, men's dilemma. We strive to find answers in the unexplainable, end up going down some weird tunnels. I mean, we still don't know how birds are able to fly. <laughs> I think they might know how that happens. I feel it's primal subconscious that we share. It's all the same sl- with, it's the same with sleep paralysis. People that experience it see and feel almost the same things. DMT is the same. We produce DMT and when we dream and die, I just think it's hardwired to the subconscious. Yeah, look, things happen that we can't explain. I know things sometimes, can't explain that. We don't even have a very good concept of what just gravity. Yeah, half the stuff we know is wrong. You know, like <laughs> we... Uh, we can't study consciousness properly because we don't understand well, it enough. We just take so many things for granted. You're like a bowling ball and a feather... If you drop them from the same place at the same time, the bowling ball is going to land way before the feather does. But when you remove air, so they did this experiment. You can look at it, look up at it, look it up on YouTube. Um, who's that guy? The British dude. He's also a musician. Uh, Elton John. No, I can't remember his name. Um, uh, English dude, British dude. He's got like he looks like he could be one of the. The Beatles sort of thing. He's got sort of yeah, buffy John. hair. It's not Elton John. Elton John doesn't look like a beetle. What the hell? He looks a lot like a bug to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> we live we on this very same planet. When you put a feather and a bowling ball into a giant vacuumed space and you remove the air, the feather and the bowling ball land at the exact same time. Like you, we think we understand things. We don't like like that's happening on your planet. This one, yeah. you know, like this planet is so, man- like, just just this planet alone is so manipulatable. You can manip- manipulate everything here. Mm. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. that's deep. On this planet, we can de- we we're already able to develop technology that's able to simulate mm. the Big Bang. Yeah. Alice said, Brian Cox. Yeah, he's great. Brian Cox. I've read one of That's his books. One. Thank you, Alice. Carl Sagan said, if we're alone in the universe, it would be a terrible waste of space. Exactly. Even if we're alone in the universe, there's another are one. Are we alone in the multiverse? You know? I just don't know mm. how I feel about all this. Mm-hmm. It's intense. Everything grows. Oh, I know who you mean with the hair. Brian Cox does have funny Brian hair. Brian Cox, yeah. Yeah, he's got funny yeah. hair. He looks like if he was going to sing, he'd be like, <laughs> like Jeremy Neal. Yeah, like Jeremy Neal. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't know who Jeremy Neal is, look him up. He's a cool fella. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like he's wearing a wig. He does. A little bit. Like he looks, it, Brian Cox looks like he has, um, he looks like um, the like a Buckingham Palace guard or royal guard with the big 
fluffy helm, like helm headpiece on. He does. He mm. just doesn't look like he grew into an adult. No. Like I was a lecturer at my uni, he looks like that. He looks like he's, if he, look, he's lovely. It's very nice. He looks like if he Smart was man. talking to you and you stood a bit too close to him, he might spit on you a little bit. Yeah, there's those people who have lips that fold outwards. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And they get dribble. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Brian. Mm. He's a smart fellow. Yeah. We shall respect him. If you're a spitter, we love you. It's all good. Mm. Just mm. don't spit on people if you've got the virus. That's all. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Don't do it. It's not good for you. Definitely don't cough on anybody. Yeah, you'll get a fine or no, life in won't. prison. Yeah. Life in prison for coughing on people on purpose. Yep. Yeah. I need to do a wee. I think that was in New South Wales. I'm going to do a wee. Yeah. So um, you just keep this going, okay? Yeah, all right. You'll be all right without me? I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. You'll be all right. I'll be all right. I will miss you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mm. Come back quickly. Uh, All right. Brent Freeman says, if you can answer this, any word on the voice thing? Well, I would imagine that the voice is like done and dusted uh this year if uh so um my story with the voice so i applied to go on the voice last year i applied very very late in the application thingy um which i didn't realize at the time i didn't really pay attention to that um uh then they got in contact with me they Flew me out to Melbourne and then I did an audition there where I was working with the the voice music team. So there's kind of two different... I'm not even even sure if I'm allowed to say this. Uh, Doesn't matter now. There is... I doubt the show's going ahead this year. Um, So they flew me out to Melbourne. There's two production teams that work on the voice. There's a music team and the story team. So the story team is all about like the story dynamics and and trying to put together some sort of like plot for the show. So they're the people that try and figure out a way to make people at home um, become emotionally invested in you. Uh, And then there's the music team as well. And so the story team is at the mercy of the music team. If the music team want to put you through, then the story team... um, get in contact with you and blah, blah, blah. So I sat down with the story people. Funnily enough, the story people were really, really keen on me. The music team were really, really keen on me as well. Um, But when I went there, when I first got to Melbourne, um, a bunch of other contestants and stuff that were coming through in the waiting room um, that were seeing the music team same day that I was, uh, had all applied much earlier than me and there were additional audition processes that they went through. So you kind of, the blind audition takes about three to four other auditions before you get to do your blind audition. Um, and I, uh, well, I guess they weren't coming to Adelaide. I think the budget for the show had also been shrank a little bit um uh, and then they were keen to work with me um but ran out of time um and didn't really feel and i think also this was to do with that like i didn't really have a clear direction musically when i went in there um i was prepared like uh in terms of like persona to like put myself out there um but i was kind of like just happy to sort of 
go with it, take direction a little bit musically, which in hindsight kind of just made more work for them. They had to figure out what to do with me. Um, and because it was late in the piece, um, figuring out what to do with me just became too hard because I didn't really give them a clear, mm. a clear product, you know. Um, you have to do some of the work for them. Uh, and so they decided not to go ahead with me. So fail. They don't want you. Fail. Nobody wants you. Yeah. But it's probably for the best because it was going to suck anyway. I think so. Destiny. I think so. Destiny. Yeah. They want you to reapply though. Yeah, they do. I won't. <laughs> nah. Nah. Nah, mate. We've got bigger fish I to don't, fry. I don't We're wanna, busy. I don't want to do TV. Nah. I don't want to... Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to. There's absolutely no reason now to um, to offer yourself up to the carving table of somebody else's editing suite. You don't have Not to do that anymore. when you've got a anymore. podcast where people can just come see exactly who you are, mm. mm-hmm. which yeah. is the beauty of this podcast. Yeah. So I, I, I don't want I don't want some other group of people deciding like who, you who are. I am and mm. and how spent to, long how enough to, doing that already. To, yeah. Well, because the, basically the thing is that when you sit down with the story team, they're like, um, they go through the process of like, so when you watch the show, mm-hmm. it's cut up into segments. And then when you show someone's audition, the audition song, whatever song you choose, uh, has to be cut down to 90 seconds. So they have to yeah. come up with a 90 second arrangement of the performance you're going to do. And they want the performance to be like worked out down to the T because they're all being recorded and they're all going to be later sold on iTunes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So they want it's the auditions are fully rehearsed, fully produced right down to the like smallest detail. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they want a perfect audition yeah. when it by the time it gets onto TV like it's by the time you get to the TV part the blind part it's not an audition you're actually working on a product with them mm-hmm. this is a product yeah. that they intend to sell yeah. whether you win or, or not. not um you get to be on a so fresh album <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh tom said if you're ever keen on doing some music Sean let me know i reckon it'd be quick cook something up cook up something cool I agree. I think that would be good. Although Sean was like, I could do rapping. We've been watching Dave. I, I don't know rap. if you watched Dave, Tom. Um, yeah, it's about the white guy. He's going to be. Anyway, he's an actual rapper and he's just a nerdy white guy mm. called Little Dicky because he has a small Little Dicky. Best show. There's a new episode out. <sighs> mm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going to come back tonight for our tarot reading episode? Yeah, Friday tonight. night. Friday night, Friday night at the Hulk Nyberg household. Mm. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, going forward musically, I'm actually just going to be selfish as fuck. Yeah. I've spent so long just saying yes to opportunities without really thinking about whether it's the one that, that actually means something to me because I've been desperate, you know, allowed myself to be desperate because I, and it's hard not to because I'm a father and I have responsibilities and I'm applying a level of, there must be a certain level of success for this time that must come in a certain amount of time because I don't have time. Yeah. Um, and uh, if anything about what's going on in the world right now has taught me, it's that you get no fucking idea what is secure. You get no idea. Um, no. Uh, which means that you don't have time to give out your time carelessly 
uh, I've spent way too long working on music that, uh, or working on music specifically with the goal of making sure that my bills get paid. Yeah. Uh, that I've almost completely like taken the love out of it. So I kind of really just need to be selfish for a while. You started that yesterday, um, didn't you, little yeah, fella? I'm not working with anyone. I'm not. I'm just. I need to reconnect with myself musically. I need to reconnect. I put a, a photo up on my desk of myself when I was 15. I need to reconnect with that kid who um, just wanted to spend as much time as they could in a room by themselves trying to make the best sound that they could generate on their own. Mm. And I need to get back to that. There's probably a lot that's, of farts in it. That's somewhere. what I want to do. There were lots of fart songs. Yes. Yeah. My friend Alan and I desperately wanted to program an electric kit made of farts. Mm. Every drum sample was a different fart sound. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, add him on Facebook. I'm surprised you're not friends with him on Facebook already, Tom. What the heck, mate? Mm-hmm. I've only been married to him for like 10 years. Mm. That doesn't mean I won't work with anybody. Yeah. It's just that if if somebody's pitch gonna, him, Tom. If someone's going to send him. me something or whatever, if I'm if I don't feel like I could make that awesome, then I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that I don't think it's awesome. It's not like I'm not picking between like things that I think are good or not good. It's just like do I think that that would be good with me in it? If yes, then sure, then that's something I actually want to do. Mm. Make a pitch to him, Tom. I'd mm. like to see what you come up with. Mm-hmm. Get Sean to sing some R&B bloody Kelly rolling on top. (laughs) 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 G'day, Eric. Your father? Who's your father? My father. My father. Yes. My egg? Oh, g'day, Carlos. You can have your egg. You got chocolate eggs and your dad gave you eggs. Eric, are you one of my illegitimate kids? Oh, my God. Maybe he is. Are you South African? What? Yeah. South African? Yeah. I don't know about this one. Mm. <laughs> so what are you going to do with your day? Well. What you, you've got, you've got, we have no obligations because we can't go anywhere this Easter. Normally we'd like go and see a family member mm. or have someone pop over and drop off eggs. Mm-hmm. Well, after this, I'm going to do a little bit of editing. Yep. That this requires. Which, while well, I'll be over there on the bed doing sexy poses in my undies for Liv. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've oh. got a, my friend, uh, she lives in Tasmania. She's an amazing photographer. Um, she took that photo that you can see on the screen right now. How mm-hmm. good that you've got that organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's trying out online photo shoots and she wants me to go be try, try it out for the first time. So I'm going to give it a go. Might be hilarious. You never know. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give that a go. So go and check out at Live Rooney right, Photography Carlos? on Instagram. She, I'm not sure if it's still in her story, but she's probably got it somewhere um, talking about how she's um, planning to experiment with these remote style photo shoots. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's right. So go and have a look at her. She does some really good stuff. I'm pretty excited. It's going to be fun. Oh, Easter Bunny's coming on Sunday for a drop off. Uh, Thank you, Nanny. We won't tell them anything. <laughs> yeah. It's cool, Eric. We do, we like jokes. Don't apologise, Carlos. Don't apologise. We're just happy to have you here. No joking here. No. Oh, we're very serious. Everything we say is one hundred percent serious. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No. We're just happy to have new peeps. 
so yes, that is what we're doing with our Easter. Yeah. Flopping about. Yeah. Me- yeah. Making music. I'm going to play The Sims. Oh, yeah. I'm going to play Sims later. Cool. Like for all the afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play Sims. I'm going to make my, my family. I got Sims with the dog expansions, Pat. So I actually have a pet fox. Mm-hmm. And my pet fox's name is mm, something lame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to be working on music. Um, uh, the My different approach for that, like I said, I've got that photograph up there. I'm going to keep that around. And then when I'm making music, the only person I want to impress is that 15-year-old kid. What would that 15-year-old kid think about the song that I just made? And if he thinks it's fucking awesome, then I'm on to something. He's also Nobody probably got else. a cheesecake in his lap. He's He is smashing out two uh, five-minute ready chocolate puddings on the go. Whoa. Yeah. Woo-hoo. What Sims I got? I got Sims 4. Mm-hmm. Got Sims 4 dog expansion pack, Tom. So let, let, send me some pics if, you, if you've been playing The Sims. I love seeing that stuff. Mm-hmm. We went for a walk yesterday around our area, um, just Sean and I, and let the kids stay at home. Yeah. It's... Um, <laughs> And there was a lot of houses around here that look like houses I've made in The Sims. Yeah. 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 I was like, yeah. We live in about a cool that? area. We sure do. Very fancy. Like, our area is not like no fancy town place, but the houses here, because we're on a massive hill, they're all massive with massive windows and very, like, ours is tiny. We, we ain't got no fancy house. We've got like the, the crappiest street other than the meth house down the street, but we've got the crappiest house in the street and the nicest street. Our street's great, mm-hmm. but that's that's how you do it. Mm-hmm. You go to the nicest area with the crappiest house. We're the riffraff. We're the riffraff on yeah. the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what are you guys going to do with your Easter since we can't do anything? Yeah. Like what are, what, what are your plans? What Like are you going to be like a lazy pig and lay around in your own filth all weekend, which is totally fine. Do that because I actually once, – once tonight's over, I'll be taking off this dress and I'll be rolling around in pretty much the same leggings all weekend. Right on. Yeah. I might not even shower. Happy Easter. Please don't. You're a creep. Mm. You're such a creep. I'm like, I haven't showered today. He's like, yeah, that's good. I like it when you don't shower. Keep it up. Messed up, man. Mm. Something weird about you. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, don't shave that. I know. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, I don't care how hairy you are. If you're going to be like this, all right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. The more inappropriate it is, the more fun it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you shower, you wash them balls. So good. <laughs> I don't give no shits about how <laughs> wash your balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I can tell when you've scratched them. Mm. You don't do it as much anymore. You must be showering more. Remember when you weren't showering very much at our like old, old house at Seaford? You didn't shower very much. So every time you did scratch your balls, it was not right. Yeah. I wasn't in a great place. At Still the time. don't care. Still. Wasn't if there's anything place. you're going to wash in your life, if you can't be bothered having a shower, just at least wash your balls. Mm. I think that's fair. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Keep the balls clean. Yeah. I got out of the shower a little while ago <laughs> and Leto goes to me, Dad, why are your balls so low down? Why are they so. They're, you're, they're long. Why do you have long balls, Dad? Why do you have dog noses? Dog noses. Dog noses. 
Like, usually people refer to boobs as like saggy boobs. Like no, when, they when refer to Lena Dunham's boobs as dog. That's noses. right because they're like you know even even me like I my boobs aren't that perky. Like I've had three kids. They're not they're not awful, but they're not the best up. They're perky. Like they could they could. This is an illusion. This isn't real. These don't sit here. They sit like more here. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> some people call them dog noses when they sit like that because the nipple sort of, and especially if they're warm, they sort of like hang and there's like this brown thing that if looks the like a nose. Curls up a bit. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're like laying on, if you're on your knees or something, mm. it's not right. Just go, bro, it's not right. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you're on your knees, get some duct tape. Yeah. Strap it over your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Avoid yeah. the dog noses. But if you like dog noses, that's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a similar there is a there is a similar method to the way that you have to wash underneath your breasts as my my balls. Yeah, similar. Yeah, Lift them up. Pick them up, move them over, scrub and drop. Yeah. Yeah, when I when I lay and give you a cuddle, like if I lay on you and give you a cuddle, I have to move them to my armpits. Balls. Cuz I can. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can move them. It's talent. It is. I can hold pencil cases under there. Yeah. A lot of people can't do that. Yeah. So many people can't Sucks do that. Sucks to be them. We should do like a challenge of like, what can Neeks hold under her boobs? Mm-hmm. What do you reckon I couldn't? Uh, a dumbbell. Too hot. Mm. Let's give it a go. Yeah. A rat. A pet rat? Yeah. I could hold a rat a under rat there under easy. There. Can you hold Winnie under there? <laughs> no. No. She's too heavy. She's too heavy. <laughs> mm. What can you guys hold under your boobs? Mm. So tonight we are doing a little tarot hangout party at 8 p.m. Yeah, we'll do it at 8 because we'll put the kids to bed because we've had two late nights with them. So, a microphone, yes. I put my microphone under my oh, boobs. Microphone under there? Yes. Nice. Yeah, so we're going to do our just a hang tonight, I think. Yeah. I might try and make sure and go buy me that bottle of wine he never bought me. Mm, yes. So if you're not doing anything this evening. Uh, just going to hang, do some card readings. Do some card readings. It's just fun. We don't take it super seriously. It's not a podcast. We don't record it. No, nah, it's not a podcast. Just it's funsies. just a little hangout. Hang out with us and um, Grab yourself a, a drink, beverage or smoke. or something to toke on. And, um, Ask away. Talk, and I, talk some tarot shit with I'll, us. Yeah, I'll give you some guidance because apparently I'm pretty good at it. I've had two messages now from people saying your you, card readings are so accurate. You, you predicted the pandemic. Yeah. Not directly, right? But in both the card readings that I did, I did year-long card readings for two different people who don't know each other. Mm-hmm. And their cards, when I did the readings, I said, your cards are oddly like shaping up to be very similar so mm-hmm. the in during march and april for these people um there was a lot of like self-care and isolation and the world's going into hibernation and blah 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 and there's a lot of talk about that in these card readings and then when i did one myself the same thing came out um i ain't no no oracle mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. but sometimes i know stuff mm-hmm. so when i do the card readings Sometimes I take them very seriously. Yeah. And I have to be in a certain frame of mind to do them as well. Like I actually do put a lot of effort into it. It does take – I actually do pull them from somewhere that I'm just like instinctively pulling the cards out of. Like I don't have – like I don't just pull them willy-nilly. try and apply some kind of intuitive process to it. I'm a very intuitive person. So I – oh, BMO. Hey, (laughs) BMO. Yeah, so, you know, bottle shops would be closed on Good Friday. What? Mm. (sighs) Mmm. 
course they, they are. Would. If you just bought me that bottle of wine you forgot to buy me the other day, then we wouldn't have this problem. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, dear. What are you going to do now? Uh, anyway, join us tonight at about 8 o'clock for a card reading. Yeah. If you want to. If you want to. Yeah. Look, you might be busy watching a movie. If that's the case, don't tune in to us. Or having some family time. Having sex. Or having sex. If you're having sex, definitely Keep don't. Keep us on. We'll talk you through it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll help. <laughs> might make it anyway, better. Bimo, if you're going to come in, just come in. Look, come she's on. standing on the outside of the door. Come on. And she's wagging her tail so you can just see her head going. Come on, Bumby. Come on. Come on. In you oh, come. I'm too fat for here. You can do it. Oh, come you on. can do it. Come Bimo. on. Oh. You got it. <laughs> Oh, Come two on, of them. Hello, boom. Yeah, lots oh, of wine oh, over at oh, Nanny's. Maybe I have to drive down there and pick up a bottle. Down here. Oh, oh, you're going to destroy everything. Oh, my gosh. These cute yeah, dogs. There, there's a Bimo. Yay. Cask wine delivery service from Sheree and Simon Lee. Ooh. Oh, my God. Do you have casks of wine just on hand? <laughs> oh. Cask away. Mary says, awesome. not to sound uneducated, not at all. How do you pronounce your name? I'm pretty sure like my own parents struggle to pronounce my name, so don't worry about it. Um, my name is pronounced Antonika. Mm-hmm. Or do you mean Sean's? <laughs> uh-huh. But Antonika. I prefer Juan. Juan. Mm. I need, yeah. But Antonika. Yes. Yes. That is how, that is how you pronounce it. I like it. to pronounce my name Juan. And when I throw pennies in the oven, it's like music and it's beautiful. Is that Bjork? Yeah. She's so funny. Mm. Yeah. Not the real Bjork. That's real Bjork. Winona Ryder yeah. impersonating Bjork. That's me impersonating Winona, Winona Ryder impersonating Bjork. Do you remember how long it took Winona Ryder to get over her shoplifting offence? I know. <laughs> and meanwhile, governments are stealing billions from everywhere. Oh, yeah. But Winona Ryder can't steal a pair of sunnies. Mm-hmm. I used to steal things as a kid all the time. Mm-hmm. As a teenager, I would go into Just Jeans and with and walk out with an entire outfit under my outfit. Mm-hmm. An entire outfit. Shorts, shirt was good. Mm-hmm. I have to close myself for a really long time. Mm-hmm. That way. <laughs> naughty. I was so Did you get busted? Yeah, you know it. Mm. Yeah, I got banned from Big W for about a year. Mm-hmm. Just at the shops here. Did it stick? Well, I, I was just too scared to go out and try, and try go back it. and try it, you know, in case they really did recognize did me. they keep a photo up of me? What are they, how do they do this? Well, they didn't take a photo of me, so they couldn't have known. But, yeah, I stole a lip gloss. You are memorable, visually memorable, though. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. Well, to you, I am. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sean was telling me the other day about the first time he saw me on... It was, like, the first day of school. My first day of high school. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cute. Mm -hmm. It was such a good story. But it was funny because I didn't know until years later. So, by the time I became aware of who you were in school... I hadn't made the connection that you were... So, I started school in year seven. Mm -hmm. By the time I was aware that you were a person, I was in year 10. Yeah. You know, so, like, I didn't know about, like, that's Antonika until I was in year 10, right? Um, And then... But you saw me on the first day. So, on the first day of school, we had... uh, Anyway, I was out and about. We had a really big school, a, a large population in our school. And I saw this girl in the distance wearing this, like, blue skirt. But it and was, our school uniform wasn't blue. But it was more of a... It wasn't a sky blue, but it was more of a... We had, like, um, navy blue 
in our uniform yes. and your like bright like superman baby blue kind of skirt that you had on in the distance i just remember seeing you like really far away you were only like this big like to where i was but something about <laughs> you was just like so cute who's that girl i had a really active imagination mm -hmm. Um, and so I just started fantasizing about like, who's the, the like that girl, the She's girl magical. with the blue skirt, the girl with the blue skirt. And then I'd see you every day from a distance sort of thing. And then I kind of forgot, or maybe you started wearing something else or whatever. And so and you, kept like, you just really stood out from a distance. My skirt changed to black. Yeah. Yeah. Then years later, I become aware of who you were. Then, uh, my first serious girlfriend, Candice. Uh, I was hanging out at her place and then you were good friends and like kind of like looked no, like you were maybe going to be dating my girlfriend's brother. Yeah. And I remember, no offense, Candice, I'm really sorry, but I remember being uh, hanging out with my girlfriend and being like, I wish I, wish I was in the other room with that girl. Jeez. Yeah. I ended up being friends with her later. Yeah. Ditched him, yeah. being friends with her later. Yeah. Wait, and then you had to, then you were... Meant to ask her permission. According to, to date some of me our in friends. The first place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was very weird. But very weird. But who knew that I had such a good name? What what do you mean you're going out with Sean? He's gay. <laughs> yeah, people Sean's were, gay. Someone I was like, he was gay. I thought he was gay. I was like, what? He's definitely not gay. Mm hmm Maybe he is. Yeah. Mm, no. And then even to, if he was. Then you used to dress up like Avril Lavigne. And then I was done. I was so in love with Avril Lavigne. I went out with a number of girls because they reminded me of Avril Lavigne. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I actually think, so there's this whole conspiracy that Avril Lavigne actually died in around <laughs> like 2000 and... This is such a weird thing six to think. Or something like that. They What did she die from? I can't remember, but they reckon that she died between her second album and her third album because that's when she started doing like pink hair maybe they think being more poppy whatever no 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 they actually think she literally died okay. and had been swapped with a body double yeah to keep the product going that's so weird um and they there's all these like it's a great rabbit hole to go down the avril lavigne is it because she got her tooth fixed did she she had her tooth she was stuck out tooth. like mine mm. before but mm -hmm. now it doesn't stick out so much well so, I mean, she was 17 when she first came into, like, international prominence. And um, she was still physically developing, you know. Mm. So her, like, facial structure changed, you know. Like, my jaws changed. Like, yours yeah. changed. There's, you have more fat around your face, you know. Like, she had a slightly bigger nose and things like that. So there's all these things that people point to. And maybe she's had a little bit of work done. I don't know. Um, but she has like developed as a human being, but they're like, no, this is a different person. Anyway, I actually think you are the, you are the original Avril Lavigne. You are the Avril Lavigne we thought Avril Lavigne was going to grow up into. I like to think that I'm a little bit smarter than Avril Lavigne. Yeah. yeah. I've watched a number of interviews. Yeah. Yeah. And and I wanted to be Avril. I dressed like her. Like once I got over my slutty stage of dressing and mm. turned into my like, I reckon I must have been at 16, 17, and I started wearing like the grandpa pants with the tie as a belt, um, shirts with my long straight hair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so I'm Avril Lavigne obsessed. And then this like Avril Lavigne doubles just like I'm in class. I'm looking out the window and there she goes. Yeah. That girl. Still didn't know your name at that point, didn't know. Just a mystical being. And you thought I was so popular and cool? You were. Not in the scheme of popularity. It had a massive blowback for you. <laughs> but I think massive popularity does have a big blowback. Yeah, I agree. Regardless I was of who infamous. you are. Infamous. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. think you can be massively popular without some sort of massive blowback. I don't think that's possible. Red Wolf says she did have her teeth fixed. There Why? I love quirky, like, snaggle teeth. Mm. It's, and maybe it is because my wisdom teeth are growing in sideways and sometimes it hurts, but it looks cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Vanity. Mm-hmm. It does. Sean's totally my skater boy. Yeah. Yeah. I oh, I was skate, such an though. idol. And because she wasn't skate. even a good singer, I was like, no, that could be me. I, I'll give it a go. <laughs> Everything I saw her in, I was like, mm, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I could do that. Well, she, you, you were going out with the skater boy. Then you said, see you later, boy, to him. He wasn't a skater boy, though. No way was he a skater boy. There was no skateboarding going on with that boy. Did he look like one? Did he? Yeah. He's not a skater boy at all. I don't even no, think no. I ever saw him hop on a skateboard. Yeah. Push bike, mountain bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. How funny. Yeah, Ella Cooper, she had her teeth fixed too. Yeah. Why are people getting their snaggle tooths fixed? One of the first things that all your friends said to me at the um, Adelaide Uni when we first met was like, you have the coolest teeth. I was like, all right, I win. Yeah, my friend Simo also came up to me and was and said, I really like her boobs though. <laughs> yeah, he would. Yeah. He would. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a compliment though. Yeah. I grew these all by myself. Would you remember what he said to you at his wedding? No. He was like, I, I like your outfit today a lot, Neeks. I think this is, I think it's one of my favourites. No, I don't mind being objectified. Yeah. As long as you're not doing things to it that you're not supposed to. Objectify me. Yeah, like, I I don't get upset if people make comments about my appearance, really, because I'm solid, but I understand why other people do get upset. So I'm totally okay if people are like, you're a super attractive, blah, 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 because mm. I know that I'm really actually an intelligent person and have a really good self-worth and solid base to have it on well it might actually be starting to become okay again to compliment women on their appearance now because the me too movement just died um yeah you uh, want to explain that in further detail so Alyssa milano who kicked off the me too movement when she came forward about her um sexual abuse that she endured through the hollywood industry Mm -hmm. Um, and she was kind of, yeah, kind of like the mouthpiece for the start of it. Anyway, she's come out in support of Joe Biden, who is now going through sexual allegations. Is that the guy we were watching? I think so. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bunch of creepy videos of him, like, just being a little bit too touchy and creepy with young girls at these photo ops at a church. Wow. Many in many different instances, not just one. Like you watch no, the just unc- one after the, the other, other after the other, to the, the point p- where it was so blatant and obvious that you can literally see parents ushering their child away from the powerful politician while smiling at him, going, ha, 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 "Please, <laughs> get please your hand don't off my kill kids, me. Breast. Please don't mess up my life, man of nobility." But 
um, could you also remove your hands from my child's waist? And chest. And chest, yeah. yeah. And um, please stop whispering her into her ear that if you were younger, things would be different. Oh. I don't want to hear you say that to my fucking daughter. Anyway, Alyssa Milano, Miss Me Too, she's good friends with Joe Biden and she's she known knows. Joe Biden for a long time. And whoa, 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 ladies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Alyssa Milano, who was the proponent of the hashtag Believe All Women, now says, but before we believe all women, we should really look into these things first because we could destroy people's lives like my good friend Joe Biden. See you the fuck later, me too. I'm glad. I, you know, and I'm all for, like, justice for women, mm-hmm. but I am glad she's having to eat her words because that guy creeps me out and they're not even my kids. Mm-hmm. So, no. Nope. I've got nothing against yeah, Mary and says, never, very ever, ever would discourage anybody from standing up and finding the courage to speak out about atrocities that were done to them. Mm. But... I believe that we threw the baby out with the bathwater and some yet some people found justice. Other people found a way to commit tro- atrocities against other innocent men. Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah. You just told me about this yesterday. What was his? Uh, Amber Heard. Amber Heard. Or maybe, Head. Head. Maybe facing three years in jail for making up shit about Johnny Depp. How did that come out? Did you find out? I haven't fully... I haven't... You haven't watched it I haven't yet. watched that. That's just the headline. I haven't had a look into that yet. But she could be in some serious fucking trouble because she came out and said that he was beating her. And you know what? This actually does injustices for the justice of now? women. Yeah. Johnny Depp. He totally got screwed. Yeah. And maybe he did but do something. But that also like. didn't just affect... And look, I'm not saying, like, we've got to feel sorry for the loss of money in Hollywood. Like, that's... No. You know, I'm not saying that. But, like... Um, it massively affected more people than just him. little Johnny. You know, like yeah. Johnny's career is fucked. Nobody wants to hear from him. His name is Mud. He's a fucking scumbag Same because as that, as believe is. all women, Aziz Ansari. Um, uh, but also the film franchises, which maybe were on the ropes anyway, Fantastic Beasts, mm. the Harry Potter oh, yeah, connected right. thing, right? Um, uh, Didn't do well because he was in it. Yeah. So not just it doesn't just well, not affect because the he was in it. It wasn't doing well, but they, but if if that heat wasn't on Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp joining that series could have been a saving factor for that series. But it actually was just another nail in, in that coffin. Um, interesting, also in that uh, what's the the person that wrote um, Harry Potter? What's her name? J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Uh, she is also a uh, super, super progressive activist and stuff who goes around, like, retrospectively changing the genders and uh, sexual orientations and, uh, like, fucking ethnicity of characters, characters in her books and stuff. I never said Harmony was white. Uh, on page 37, it says her her pale skin and her flowing wavy red hair. No, 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 no. She's a she's a black girl. Um, Did you really say that? Something like that. Oh uh, God, I know. I'm speaking out of church now a little bit. But yeah, look, any- we've always said that not everything on this podcast is gospel. Mm. Check it up for yourself. But anyway, so Alyssa Milano is now saying things like, "Yeah, but this is different." 
God, that makes me mad. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. <sighs> lies are lies. Oh, oh yuck. Mm-hmm. Mary said I was sexually abused as a child, and I could never, would never, could never think about doing that to a child or even abuse another human being. Yeah, I, 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 I feel the same way. Uh, there's a bit of like. Neither do we. But I guess that just means we don't have that problem. Yeah, like we don't we don't come from that world where that's possible for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I under, I actually do understand and comprehend how people do do that. I I have explored this internally in my mind, not because I want to do it at all, um, but because I want to try and understand things from the perpetrator's side. And I not that I defend that, but I do understand the the reasons and the environments and the influences and the psychology behind what turns people into those sorts of people. Yeah. And I find it fascinating. Um, not that I'm a sympathizing, but I am, tr- I try to be empathetic when it comes to these types of things, because I understand that not everyone has as great mother as me. And some people are just traumatized mm-hmm. and sometimes shit gets hard and some people are just born Certain ways. Look, we also put too much gravitas on the idea that we're civilized, developed beings. It's like we're... uh, Potatoes. We're we're animals. We're advanced animals. Animals commit rape and atrocities. All the time. We are animals. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't try and do anything about it. That doesn't mean we shouldn't be striving to be better than that. But if you want to fix something, you should know how it fucking works. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Just and just going, that's broken, and then smacking it with a hammer and going, well, I think it's working better now is not a solution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yes, it's about trying to understand how we got there. And one of the things that I find, especially even with this Me Too movement, we're so quickly to just like, like no, you're fucked, get out. You don't get nothing. Um, one of the best things to solving these problems is to try and understand to it. understand you. No, you don't you're deserve fucking it. fucking evil. Yeah, you don't deserve it. But the thing is, is that our refusal to understand the darkness in the world actually only causes more darkness yeah. and shame and fear. And Plus, you also can't put all of these things in the same category, right? So we're talking about the affliction of um, being, for all intents and purposes, naturally or naturally is the best word I can come up with. I'm not saying it's natural. Uh, it exists. It's a form of nature though. So it's in our, na- it, it's in nature. It's a, min- it's a minority of nature or a majority because there's a fuckload of people with this orientation. Um, you can't just put thing. you can't just go and put things in the same category. The affliction that a, of a person suffering with the attraction to children is not the same as the system systemic um intended industry built around that kind yeah. of thing you know what i mean like yeah. like organized trafficking is a different thing to being a pedophile yes organized trafficking is taking advantage of pedophiles or you know people yeah. people yeah that yeah, are yeah. Se- yeah the people that are fueling sexually, the fire um people that are what do you I call that? The right word. Like just, I don't know, like sexually uh, have... Disturbed. Des- their desire is broken. Their, 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 their desperation, well, their desire, whatever. Well, it's been shown in brain scans and stuff that different parts of their brains light up when shown images of children compared to fathers who aren't abusive and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, different parts of the brain light up when they're viewing these images, which shows that the, the neural networks that are connecting when viewing these images or whatever, just plain images of kids is completely different. So mm. it's a, like a 
It's fascinating. Yeah. And, it, and we're not doing these things to accept them. It's not like trying to understand more about these evil people. Yeah. In quotation marks. Trying to understand more about them is not saying what they're doing is okay. That's right. It's not the same thing. Trying to understand will get us more closer to a solution than trying to not understand. Mm-hmm. Understanding something does not put you alongside it. It does not put you in its team or on its camp. Know your enemy. Understand mm. them. Mm. Yeah, because then you can spot them easier. Mm. This well, is true. learn how to handle the snakes instead of deluding yourself into thinking you're going to live in a world without them. Nice bring around, man. Mm. Right at the end of the episode too. Yeah, start well strong, done. finish strong. Yes. Oh, that's one thing that I learned from that video that that woman did yesterday. So we're talking about screen time earlier, but this isn't about screen time specifically. When it, when it comes to your day or your parenting of your kids, start strong. Have a mediocre middle and end strong. But look, and, and then step out from that. The reason she said that is because she said after years and years of being a school teacher and spending all night, every night, coming up with these incredible lesson plans and then realising that when she asks her children or her parents or, or the parents of the children about how school and stuff went, that the kids literally can only remember the thing they did at the end of the day. They can't remember all no. of the other stuff. That's so, right. That's where the impact Start is. Start strong, end strong. Have a mediocre middle. Yeah. Be Apply the, that for yourself be too. Be the bread. Yeah. Let them fill the sandwich themselves. You be the bread. Yeah, because that's the best together. bit. Yeah. That's the best bit. Mm. Yeah. Start strong, end strong. Mm-hmm. For you and all others. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so we probably should go. Uh, it's 12 o'clock and I'm hungry and you need to feed me. Right on. Um, but we'll be back at about 8 o'clock tonight. Yes. In our pajamas. Yes. Thank you very much for being with here, all of our live viewers. Thank you to all of our listeners and catch-up viewers on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just about anywhere where you would like to access your podcasts from. Uh, if you could do us the biggest favour of leaving us a like uh, wherever you're viewing this from, if you could please... Follow, subscribe, receive notifications. That is the best way to make sure that you don't miss out um, on this ever-evolving conversation that mm-hmm. is the Hey Demo podcast. Uh, we'll see you guys later tonight at 8 p.m. Uh, I will schedule a post for that so you can set yourself a little reminder on Facebook uh, and uh, check us out on the Instagrams. I will be... Um, playing with some music and stuff later and that is probably most likely where i will be sharing how that is going before i release anything officially i do like your new instagram name sean holstagram oh, sean holstagram yeah i like it yeah you can also follow me at sean holt book on facebook yeah mm-hmm. is that what it's called yeah sean holt book yeah at sean holt book your dog <laughs> yeah and then I think I'm going to change my um, my YouTube URL to uh, Sean Holt Tube. <laughs> That's actually a good idea. Yeah. Because you're like, hang on, what was his Instagram? Sean Instagram. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There yeah. it is. Well, because I was this close to trying to convince at Sean Holton, who only has like 100 followers on Instagram, to sell it to me. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Um, also, you no, you're not spending more money on yourself. Mm-mm. Haven't you got my new kitchen table, lounge room, suite? I'm money buying my own name. It's my name, bitch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. My mum gave it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys either tonight or in the next one. Be good to yourselves. Hey, 
don't be a jerk. Unless... You have to. Mm. And then even then. Reserve it. <laughs>